0: Om Namo Bhagavate, vasudevaya. Om namo, Om namo bhagavate, bhagavate vasudevaya. vasudevaya, Om namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Okay, so we are, uh, the recording is going. Om Magyana Timurandasya Gyanam Janashalakaya, Chakshuramilitam Yena, Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha. So, <laughs> Bhilad Maharaj has, has some very interesting... um mathematics here about the duration of one's life. So he says in verse six, every human being has a maximum duration of life of a hundred years, but one who cannot control his senses. Half of the, these years are completely lost because at night he sleeps 12 hours <laughs> being covered by ignorance. Therefore, such a person has a lifetime of only 50 years. So whether it's 25% if they sleep six hours a day or Fifty or um, uh, two thirds, if they sleep eight hours a day. We sleep eight hours a day, or um, um, twenty. what Oh, fifty percent if we sleep twelve hours a day. Which I know most people can't do that these days, if they have jobs. Although they may want to. His point is that the human form of life is is very rare, and. Uh, and it should be used carefully. So just one second. So, Prabhupada begins appropriate. Lord Brahma. Okay, so anyone remember how long Lord Brahma lives?
1: Uh, the simplest thing I know is like one second is something, one year for Brahma. Yeah.
0: Okay, one year for us is one second. Yeah, 311,640,000,000,000 uh, years, something like that. Yeah,
1: okay. 2.3 billion.
0: Yeah, yeah, a long time. So... In the purport, Prabhupada says, Lord Brahma, a human being, and an ant all live for a 100 years, but their lifetimes of 100 years are different from one another. This world is a relative world, and its relative moments of time are different. Thus, the 100 years of Brahma are not the same as the 100 years of a human being. But the point is that it's experienced like that. So it's just, show, it's just a very interesting point about how relative this world is. That, uh, I forget the, the, the name of the flies, uh, that live like for one day, you know, and then you see them, I don't know if it was in DC or maybe it's in India, and then you're sweeping them all away the next morning because they all, they lived that one day and they died off in the evening. And, but that's a hundred years for them. Right? And Lord Brahma, who has this incredibly long lifetime, is like a, he experiences it as a hundred years, and even we know that a hundred years is um, it's pretty rare these days, right? Um, I think the lifespan in America these days is what seventy-eight for men and eighty for women, something like that, and about ten years less in India, as far as I understand, sixty-eight or something like that um, is the average age in India, if I recall. But the point being that if that's not you know the the Thrust of, um, Prahlad Maharaj's point is, uh, and we're going to hear more about it, is about, uh, using the human form, which is rarely attained properly. So he continues, excuse me, excuse me. In the tender age of childhood, when everyone is bewildered, one passes 10 years. So first, first one to 10, uh, generally except for Prahlad Maharaj and for people in Gurukula and things like that, uh, you know, you, you're just kind of hanging out. <laughs> you know, you're not getting a lot of spiritual advancement. Similarly, in boyhood, engaged in sporting and playing, one passes another t- 10 years. In this way, 20 years are wasted. Similarly, in old age, when one is an invalid, unable to perform even material, even material activities, one passes another 20 years wastefully. So he he's kind of you know um dwindling everything down. So okay, there's 20, there's so there's about 40 years, you know, according to these calc, no, 60 years according to these calculations, where you know it's not the first 20 and the last 20, right? If you live a hundred years. Um then he continues. Uh one whose mind and senses are uncontrolled becomes increasingly attached in family life because of insatiable lusty desires, and very strong illusion. In such a madman's life, the remaining years are also wasted because even during those years, he cannot engage himself in devotional service. Okay, so let's say you live 80 years, 20, so you have this 40 or 50 year window, right? When you can really maybe get a lot done. We're just using Fulad Maharaj's example here. Sometimes people can be very active and very coherent into their 90s. I was with Jayadweta Swami's mom uh, a few months during December, and she's ninety-seven, and you know totally coherent. She was driving till she was ninety-five. Um, and similarly, you know, we we know some uh, people are young, and uh, before twenty are very engaged. And even I took up Krishna consciousness when I was seventeen. So you know, we're, these are generalities, but the point is well taken uh, that we have these these uh, bookmarks. The beginning, and the end of life, which aren't so conducive sometimes for spiritual life. And then the middle part, what do we do? We spend it, uh, a lot absorbed in, um, in other things than spirituality. Right. And Prahlad Maharaj is going to get into some detail about that in, uh, subsequent verses. Um, when a person, so he's going to talk about household life. When a person to attach to household life due to being unable to control his senses uh what person to attach to household life due to being unable to control his senses can liberate himself an attached householder is bound very strong strongly by ropes of affection for his family, wife, children, and other relatives and then the next verse says uh Oh well, that, uh, well talks about one of the essential parts of household life. Money is so dear that one conceives of money as being sweeter than honey. Therefore, who can give up the desire to accumulate money, especially in household life? Thieves, professionals, ser- servants, soldiers, and merchants try to acquire money, even by risking their very dear lives. So, um, so let's look at this because you know we could say here on on the call here we have some householders who are very good de- devotees uh, of Krishna. Yet we shouldn't, um, we should be careful to think, oh, no, but, you know, Pladmar is just talk- talking about non-devotees. This, this is not me. I'm a nice devotee. My wife's a nice devotee. My children, I'm bringing them up as devotees. Um, that's good. That's good. But we shouldn't, uh, we should not minimize uh Statements of Prahlad Maharaj and not think they don't, they, they could apply to us if we're not careful. How does that, how does that sound? That we should be, uh, that we should be careful because, um, it, it, it is like that. Uh, and so it's one thing that Prabhupada says in a number of these purports is about, um, the value of brahmachari training that comes up here in the, uh, in the purport here, um, because Ramachari training is so nice for a number of reasons. One is the, the young man and, and, and in, 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 in our age and in Iskram, the young lady as well. Um, they are trained not to be so, not to be self-centered, to do things for Guru and Krishna's pleasure. And that does them so well the rest of their life to have that kind of focus, instead of the you know, uh, everything is for me and everything is about me and and extendedly, my family et cetera. So that when such a person does marry, um, they're, they they see things in the proper perspective. It's not that they don't have affection for their children. It's not that they don't have affection for their for their um, spouse. But they are focused on Krishna and Krishna's pleasure, and they've learned that happiness is not equated by gaining material acquisitions, right? Um, they may get a house. They may, you know, send their children even to a private school and things like that, but they they know that's not the goal of their existence to, to do that. It may be they're, they're the, the well-trained, Householder is somewhat neutral in this world, but very attached to, to Krishna and Krishna's pleasure. And part of Krishna's pleasure is taking care of the family. Prabhupada once told Buri Prabhu, uh, that after he got married, that now your number one responsibility is taking care of your children and, um, and wife. That, but responsibility is different than this blind attachment that Prahlad Maharaj is talking about responsibility you know you do it very well you do it very nicely for krishna's pleasure um and you understand that you know ultimately your soul you're not this body life is temporary and the goal is to develop our love for krishna so it's it's uh um it's that balance that can be very helpful in a householder life now looking at you know the devotees on this call most of us did not have that brahmachari training only henry <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, um, but it's it there there's you know it it's you're 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 doing things for the spiritual master's pleasure you're usually um living quite simply often you're sleeping on the floor often you're not worrying about money you're not thinking about you don't have money um and it prepares you for a <laughs> householder life that uh, hmm, can you hear me still? It said my internet was unstable for a second. Okay. For a householder life where you can um, ultimately as you get older and the children are growing up and gone, you can revert easily almost seamlessly to a more simple life um, without the, you know, constantly need, you know, a bigger house and, um, Bigger cars. There was a song by I think his name was Ray Stevens when I was a kid. Uh about uh Mr. Businessman, you know, bigger car, bigger houses, uh chain cha- trading your secretary for your wife, he says. Um, and the other the other interesting thing here about Palladmar, there's so many interesting points here, but Palladmar is also um he's talking about pious people. Pious people, you know, he's talking about people who are attached to their Children attached to their family want to, you know, take care of them nicely. You know, that's actually pious. At least impious means, you know, you 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 cheat on your wife, you know, every few weeks, and and or you know, you just have relationships and with no attachment whatsoever. And you, do, you know, that's what often people are thinking is a good life to uh, to have now. So I found that also interesting here that polyamorous is actually. Talking about people who are, you know, have some, um, some of that is kind of that, that piety, uh, that they're too attached to their, um, Kriha. Whereas some people, you know, <laughs> it's quite, it's quite the opposite. Hmm. So here in this, uh, well, before we go into the details of this verse, questions or comments on, uh, these points? Hare Krishna.
1: Yes, uh, Prabhu, Jeevatab Prabhu. So, uh, yes, so Prahalad Maharaj is describing it, basically identifying the difference between a grahasta mindset and grahamedi, one who has not overcome the mind and the sense. And it's very interesting that, you know, he gives all these instructions and appears like Srila Prabhupada is driving us towards Brahmacharya, but at the same time, we see by the example of Prahalad Maharaj, who is one of the Mahajanas, is that he was a grahasta, finally. And he shows by his example how we can be good grahasta, householder, take care of the family, and still be focusing on pleasing Krishna, Krishna mm.
2: consciousness.
0: Yeah, very, very nice. Nice point, Prabhu. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, he, he is. He's showing uh, how to, uh, and we have so many examples of this. As a matter of fact, um, Prabhupada once told, also told Burijam Prabhu, that, uh, most of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's associates were Grihasthas. Uh, you know, Advaita Acharya, and, you know, the list goes on and on and on and on. So there's no banning, uh, one making progress. Ahaitu Kiya Prithiyata. There's nothing material that can stop the soul from loving God. Um, yet at the same time, yes, note that down, Henry. Uh, <laughs> I'm just joking with Henry. Um, Yet, at the so, but still, um, these warnings are here to keep us on track because the material nature is, uh, as we often quote T. S. Eliot, distracted from distractions by distractions. And so, the the the, the point, the reason that a, a, as Jiva Tapparpu is saying, the reason that a, a person entangled in the material world or in material household life doesn't make spiritual advancement is because they don't want to the desire the desire for bhakti the desire for love of krishna has um been um drowned out or or you know by the uh, by the weed oh, this is a mixed metaphor here by the weeds of uh, of other desires and so the, you know the heart becomes so uh the heart has a certain amount of room for affection right and where we give that affection is um is is the key and and naturally so a devotee um try you know naturally like we said before naturally has affection for children naturally has affection for spouse and they keep their eye on the on the goal and want to simultaneously have affection for um for krishna and so it's it's uh you know uh, I, I feel especially blessed uh and fortunate because um the person that I married I, she she had a lot of brahmacharini training and she actually traveled around America distributing books like you know and and doing sankirtan and collections like I did um and um and has always been from day 1 um focused on Prabhupada's mission and of course, that because that was my training, also, it's, it's there's been some compatibility there uh, in that, and, uh, and not and understanding that you know, we have a nice place that we're living, but not like that, that being the goal of life and things like that. And I'm sure the devotees here also similarly um, think that way. Other thoughts?
3: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I want to think uh, the distraction is the main problem.
0: You want to, you don't think, or you do think? No, I want to think that. Yeah.
3: Like you said, distraction. Grahas is just a popular example. I mean, that's a very common, there's a lot of social pressure, it's very socially acceptable. But I think as you, the way I would like it to work anyway, <clears throat> as you become more advanced in Krishna consciousness, it becomes, it becomes more of a hardship to not be renounced. Mm. Uh it becomes more, more of an austerity in an opium renounced now because you see how good it is. So I think as long as you are always making good progress along the route of, you know, getting more and more Krishna conscious, that will override the distraction. of
0: the it's, a, it's, it's a very good point, Andy. And I, I, I hate to embarrass him again, but uh, I will anyway because he's uh, such a close friend. Uh, our Henry is a very good example of this. He, he had the, the house that he was born and raised in his entire life, 50, 50, plus years. And, and, you know, he was left that house by his parents and, and it was not, uh, at the same time, it was entangling. You know, he had, it, it's an old house and he needed a lot of repairs and a lot of attention constantly. David knows all about this, David Murray. <laughs> um, and, and, it, and it was uh, at some points a little like, oh, you know, it was a little, Painful for the heart for Henry to give it up, but once he finally did um gosh he, he it was I could see like in his face in his in his posture, everything it was like you know something was lifted from his shoulders and and he's so blissful these days, so it' it's, it's sometimes you know it's a little um like you, it's a little maybe a little painful in the beginning, but just like you just said Andy, you actually uh relish it. You know. And of course we don't do austerities just for austerity's sake, you know, um, but we do it for Krishna's pleasure. Right. Uh it's 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 different than the Gani, where the Gani is doing it to um really understand that they're not their body. Um and we do it so they are doing it for spiritual advancement, but not with the goal of pleasing Krishna. We do it with the goal of, of pleasing Krishna. And that's the that's that's actually the the highest austerity. You can live in total opulence or you can, you know, uh, sleep under a different tree every night. Um, the person living in total opulence, if their whole heart and mind is focused on Krishna's pleasure, they may be more advanced than the person living under a tree and just always thinking, boy, aren't I renounced, aren't I cool, <laughs> you know. But, but I think, but you're right, Andy, it's... Um, it's, and even, and this can apply to simple things, right? Like, um, uh, you know, simple thing, like my, my son did this. So I, um, my wife needed a car. So I was going to, and she really likes Prius cars for some reason. So I was going to lease a, uh, a Prius, a new Prius. And we have a devotee, uh, who works at a uh, Toyota. Uh, he's the, in charge, one of the leaders of a Toyota dealership here in town and you know my and then my son said uh, you know pitta why don't you just try to find a used car you know it, it, that's that's in good shape and that runs and that is safe and so you know instead of that i you know bought a I found a anyway i found a good deal on a on a pre uh 2005 prius it runs great but it but it was the point was that it was just you know simplifying simplifying and and i didn't you know i actually every time i get it and i think how much money did I save? <laughs> but that might also be a little materialistic. <laughs> because actually it comes up in a, in a verse that we'll be covering if we have time today. Um, where Prahlad Maharaj says, everyone, the, the entang- entangled householders, uh, so, um, oh, what's the word? Blind to the passing of time. That is very careful not to uh misspend a farthing at the same time. So <laughs> interesting contradiction. So let's continue. This purport, um Prabhupada says, How money can be dearer to than life is indicated in this verse. So he then he gives the example, or actually Pallad Maharaj gives the example in the verse, of people who will risk their lives for money, mercenaries, right, who will go off to war because they're getting paid for it. Um, thieves that sometimes will risk their life to break into someone's house. Um, treasure seekers that, you know, might, you know, dive into the ocean or this or that to find, to find things. Um, all because, uh, money has a, a, a great Shakti. It is a, uh, it's a very powerful energy. It's Lakshmi Devi. Mm-hmm. And interesting thing Prabhupada says here, that a rich person is more attached to their money than the poor person. Uh, now, of course, you could say, "Yeah, because he or she has more." <laughs> so it's kind of obvious, right? But they are more adverse to losing it than than a poor person also. So, um, any any further questions on money being the honey? You
1: know, I wanted to say I was thinking about something about how, like you say, if you're going to buy a new car or you have to put a new roof on your house or remodel your kitchen, you know, um, you, you have to be, engage the mode of passion. And that's very, you know, dangerous and disturbing to your Krishna consciousness when you engage that mode of passion to, to perform that these activities.
0: Ah, that's an interesting point, Henry, yes. Uh, and a lot of these points are... Uh, a lot of what happens in, in household life is in the mode of passion. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Okay, let's continue then. Verses 11 to 13. How can a person who is most affectionate to his family, the core of his heart, always filled with their pictures, give up their association? Specifically, a wife is always very kind and sympathetic and always pleases her husband in a solitary place. Who can give up the association of such a dear and affectionate wife? Small children talk in broken language, very pleasing to hear. And their affectionate father always thinks of their sweet words. A daughter is especially dear to her father, and while living at her father's house, she is always in his mind. Who could give up that association? Aside from this, in household affairs, there are many decorated items of householder furniture, and there are also animals and servants. Who can give up such comforts? The attached householder is like a silkworm which weaves a cocoon in which it becomes imprisoned unable to get out simply for the satisfaction of two important senses the genital and the tongue one is bound by material conditions how can one escape so Prahlad Maharaj is setting up he 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 you know right up till this point he's not talking about krishna right he's not He's, he's talking about detachment, and he, it's kind of funny, but right? he's talking to six-year-olds or five-year-olds about this, who have not, you know, had any experience of this yet. But he is setting us all up for the later verses where he starts introducing bhakti and Krishna consciousness. Um, and we know, uh, as we've said before, it's not that one has to give these things up, but has to put them in perspective vis-a-vis our relationship with Krishna. Next verse, one who is too attached cannot understand that he is wasting his valuable life for the maintenance of his family. He also fails to understand that the purpose of human life, a life sustainable for realization of the absolute truth, is being imperceptibly spoiled. So that's that, this is the verse I was talking about a few minutes ago. However, he is very cleverly attentive to seeing that not a single farthing is lost by mismanagement. Thus, although an attached person in material existence always suffers from material, from threefold miseries, he does not develop a distaste for the way of material existence. Hmm. So, very inattentive to how time is passing, very attentive to their uh, bank balance. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we've, we've talked about this before, but the time factor is such a, uh, such a powerful element. And because, you know, like, like we've said, right? You don't look in the mirror today and say, gosh, I look so much more one day older than yesterday. Right? You don't, you don't do that. But over five years, wow, what a difference. So the time factor just is this, uh, these soldiers that just march on. And sometimes it's com- they're compared to soldiers. And if we study that in the fifth canto. And they, they just march on and on and nothing can stop them. All the vitamin E in the world and, you know, uh, whatever. Of course you can, you should do things to take care of your health and, and exercise and all that. That's not the point. But the time factor does march on and nothing, um, but, but the amazing thing about the time factor as it marches on is that, um, is that it's, it's imperceptible. You don't perceive imperceivable. You don't perceive it on a day-to-day basis, right? Uh, you know, you're not thinking, "Oh my, my fingernails have grown in the last uh, 35 minutes since class began." Right? Yeah. So, so, so the days pass. Now, one could say, "Well, that also happens to us." My wife was talking to me yesterday, and she said, "Yes, you know, get up in the morning, go to the temple, chant your rounds, take some prashadam." Help, you know, her service, you know, deal with the issues at the temple, come back, take some more prashadam, hear the you know, read do some reading, put the deities to rest, repeat. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just like like when you right where they say uh when you buy a, They they say one of the ways that um this is a total aside, but anyway, uh that um shampoo companies made so much money is with one word, repeat. They just realized that you do only need to really shampoo your hair once, but just by adding repeat means you use it twice as much, the shampoo. <laughs> but anyway, for us, so it could be for us also. We have our sadhana practices, our spiritual practices, and, you know, uh, repeat them. But it's different, um, especially if we're being very conscientious about our spiritual practices. It reminds me of that verse, ayo hariti vaipung sang with from every rising and setting of the sun. Another day is lost, except for one who spends her time, uh, unum, uttama shloka gunanavarnam, glorifying Krishna. Okay, um, and we're uh, going up to the next verse, and then we'll um, take some questions or comments. If a person to attach to the duties of family maintenance is unable to control his senses, the core of his heart is immersed in how to accumulate money. Although he knows that one who takes the wealth of others will be punished by the law of the government and by the laws of Yamaraj after death, he continues cheating others to acquire money. And Prabhupada writes, especially in these days, people do not believe in the next life or in the court of Yamaraj and the various punishments of the sinful. But at least, excuse me, one should know that one who cheats others to acquire money will be punished by the laws of the government. Nonetheless, people do not care about the laws of this life or those of the governing the next. Uh, despite whatever knowledge one has, one cannot stop his sinful activities if he is unable to control his senses. So, um, generally we should follow both laws, right? Uh, the government laws, there there were a few occasions when Srila Prabhupada encouraged us to break the government laws. Uh, the main one that I can remember was when he said, um, uh you know you should continue doing your Sankirtan, your chanting in the street. And even if you get arrested, then you chant in the jail. But you know, so like that, he kind of civil disobedience, uh spiritual civil disobedience, you know, following Gandhi but with the holy name. Uh, but generally he said that we should follow of course government rules. And then you know in the course of the day sometimes we forget the um the greater rules of the world you know because we're especially i think sometimes for us because we're if we're working a job or something like that because we're surrounded by people all day who don't think of the laws of nature and so so it's helpful to be reminded like we're hearing here um by reading shastra by associating with devotees um like for example we you know you, you just get surrounded by something and you don't think so much about it just like we may be surrounded by people who who eat meat and you just you know just like everyone's doing it, you don't think much about it you don't think about what the shastra says that there's so much reaction to it by doing that we sometimes and not that we're going to start eating meat but we don't sometimes just think about oh my gosh that is like so terrible it just seems so so commonplace Right, especially in America. Um, in 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 England, there's a much higher percentage of vegans and vegetarians than in the U.S. U.S. is a cattle-raising place. And I know a little bit because where I where the Department of the Interior, some of the things that they do for leasing is grazing, things like that. Okay, so uh, we covered quite a few things in the last few verses. Questions or comments? Um, oh yeah, Jay. Jay from England. I forgot. We usually have a vegan menu in London. Wow. Yeah, it's very commonplace, right, Jay?
4: It is. It is definitely is very common. Uh, any restaurant you go to, you can we can ask for a vegan menu. Mm. And additionally,
0: from what I recall, tell me if I'm wrong, but certain thing, let's say cheeses, they'll they'll very clearly say if there's any animal product in 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 the different things you buy at the grocery store. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, more so than in America. Sometimes they'll just say, like you're buying, you want to buy cheese, it just says enzymes. And you don't know if it's, what is it, microbial enzymes or, you know, anima, a, 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 animal rennet or, yeah. So that's yeah,
4: the usually In most grocery stores, the big ones especially, there's just an aisle full of um, dairy-free products, free vegan products, free from, I think they call it the free for aisle. So you oh, go in yeah. there and you can get anything that's free from. You know, animal products, free from gelatin, free from gluten. Yeah. Nice. Nice. When I
0: used to do uh when I traveled a lot more, I don't eat cheese so much anymore, but when I did, um I had I just had an app that, you know, said, Okay, you know, uh to craft Swiss cheese. Is it what rennet do they use? And it you know, it comes up on your phone like that. Um, to to be careful. But yeah, that's um in, in the, there's a grocery store in Alachua, you know, where there's just so many devotees, right? So they have a section that's all just a <laughs> Like in a regular <laughs> store, it says, you know, good for a because so many devotees, uh, shop there. <laughs> the food, the, the food line on 441 or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. Uh, other questions or comments, thoughts?
3: Yeah, um, if anybody knows a good supermarket, it seems like they got more lax about, like Trader Joe's used to list, clearly, microbial enzymes.
0: Yeah, they do. They don't do that anymore?
3: No, it's like Wegmans, even Whole Foods, they're just saying enzymes. So I can't offer, uh, like I love feta cheese, right? Yeah. I still eat it, but I can't offer it to Krishna because I'm not sure.
0: Well, uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's an app. If you just type in um, oh. vegetarian yeah. cheeses, if you just type in that, in a word well, I don't.
3: Or... I don't want vegetarian cheese. Oh, vegetarian cheese. Right. I don't. Yeah. I don't want vegan cheese. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right.
0: No. Yeah, yeah. vegetarian cheese. Yeah. Um okay. And David put in the moms thing. Organic. Mom's okay. organic and roots. They do better than that, huh? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna check it out because we have a. We have a mom's that's pretty close.
0: Yeah. My wife really prefers moms to uh, Whole Foods. Yeah. She, you know.
3: Okay. Thanks.
1: Uh, um, Costco also get that vegetarian cheese.
0: Costco, you can. You just need to know which one is which. Yeah, I don't know if does it say it on the on the package or you have to look yes. it up.
1: Yes. Look, most of the packages they say it's uh, it's microbial. Uh, oh, sorry,
0: which sorry. Is. Uh-huh. Yeah, good. Okay,
1: yeah. Yeah,
0: thanks. Yeah, there you go. Now Jay thinks, "What are these guys talking about?" <laughs> he, he's from England. <laughs> he doesn't uh, have this. Uh, the, uh, they might have Costco there I don't know there's something similar, but
4: uh, no we do have Costco, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: no wonder you're so happy <laughs> <laughs> all right uh um, yeah, it should say vegetable rent or vegetable enzymes, yeah, right, and sometimes microbial, I think at least in in uh, trader Joes it would say ma- macro microbial or microbial, something like that, yeah, yeah, what a world. What a world. Even even cheese, even like the cow's product, you have to see if it has animal, I mean, um, you know, obviously cow, obviously cheese has animal products, but, you know, not, you know what I mean, not the ones that you have to kill the animal for. <laughs> yeah. You know. Okay, let us uh, carry on. We're going to talk about the next verse, also verse 16. All my friends, sons of demons, in this material world, even those who are apparently advanced in education, have the propensity to consider this is mine and that is for others. Thus they are always engaged in providing the necessities of life to their families in a limited conception of family life, just like uneducated cats and dogs. They are unable to take the spiritual knowledge. Instead they are bewildered and overcome by ignorance. So in the purport Srila Prabhupada writes, um, I'll read, I'll read, we can read the purport in human society there are attempts to educate the human being but for animal society there is no such system nor are animals uh, able to be educated therefore animals and unintelligent men are called vimudha or ignorant bewildered whereas an educated person is called vidvan the real vidvan is one who tries to understand his own position within this material world Okay, so that's in, you know, what is my position here? What is what am I doing here? For example, when Sanatan Goswami submitted it submitted to the lotus feet of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, his first question was Kayami, ke, Kena Amaya Jada Tapatraya. In other words, he wanted to know his constitutional position and why he was suffering from the threefold miseries of material existence. This is a process of knowledge. If one does not ask, who am I? What is the goal of my life? But instead follows the same animal propensities as cats and dogs. What is the use of his education? As discussed in the previous verse, a living being is a trap, entrapped by his fruit of activities, exactly like a silkworm trapped in his own cocoon. Now that is, you gotta say, that's a powerful, uh, imagery, isn't it? Uh, Prabhu, you had your hand up. Yes,
1: Prabhu. It was just, it was really wonderful reading all this Rahalad uh, uh, Maharaj instructions. Only thing came to my mind is like, no, I was really amazed, but like the points he was making, he's always referring to sons of demons, sons of demons, like in multiple verses.
0: Yes. It was,
1: you know, I was wondering, he's a devotee and why he's referring, you know, I know that he's addressing the um, you know, people around him and like, uh, Is there is anything that like uh, different meaning to understand
0: Prabhuji, on that? Well, you know, I I don't think so. I mean, he, you know, he's also uh, the son of a demon. (laughs) So, you know, if anything, uh, I I, I'm not saying this is what's good, but just as a general statement, um, when you're when you're speaking to someone, or especially if you're preaching. Right. It's, it's generally considered much better to say, we are all conditioned souls instead of saying, you are a conditioned soul. <laughs> right. The, the, uh, and Prabhupada would say that, you know, things like that, you know, we are all in Maya. It's a lot easier on everyone's ego if, you know, instead of be pointing your finger, you are such a, right. That, that, that doesn't, uh, it, it's a little harder to swallow. But if the speaker is in their humility, is including themselves, you know, like we really need to study the Shastra well, instead of, you know, if I, if I gave this class every week, and I said, you really guys, you have to study the Shastra, it's really important for you to make spiritual advancement. you have to do this. Um, It may not sit as easy to say, listen, we really need to study the Shastra purpose, we really need to make advancement. That is usually considered a better way to speak. So I don't know if that's in this case, exactly what Pralhad Maharaj is doing, but he is the son of Hiranyakashipu. so he's kind of saying, "Yeah, we're in this together." <laughs> Thank right? you,
1: Prabhu. I mean, he was very humble and he was very bold, and then, like he was talking everything yeah. pitch perfect, like you know exactly what needs to be heard, uh, and like addressing them demons was a little bit pinchy on my heart, like you know, uh, I don't know why he was saying like you know to me like if I, if if there a demon like you know you are a demon like selling, telling them you are a demon. Uh, is something uh, well, hard
0: yeah but yeah but if but if it's more like but they a few things we Prabhupada will use the word demon differently in different places, sometimes it just means someone who basically doesn't um doesn't perform devotional service, basically right. And so it's, so it's very broad. And, but it's, you know, the idea for us is the word demon, we think of, you know, uh, Lucifer and, um, right, you know, uh, uh, the, the trident and, you know, horns coming, you know, you know, whatever, right? It has, yeah. So Prabhupada, you know, I don't know if there are many words in the English language that were available for him to, uh, convey the word asura, right? So sometimes we, sometimes there's big asuras, right? Like the ones that Krishna killed in, in Vrindavan. But, but there's all kinds of, you know, little s- everywhere. you one definition everywhere, including sometimes ourselves, you know, sometimes during the day or, you know, sometime in some activities. So it has that more general. So it's a little tricky sometimes, um, translating the word asura or, or using the word demon because it, some, it comes off, really powerfully to some of us in the English language. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. For, um, Hare Krishna? Yes. Yes, man.
4: Yeah. I, I think like in this case, the uh, at this moment, the demons have conquered the three worlds. So, you know, he's referring to them as like a race of people who are proud and, I guess, superior to every other race in that current time and space. Hmm. So I think that that could be another interpretation of that word. You know, like the, the demon race is the superior race at that point in time.
0: Yeah, thank you. And Prabhupada found it interesting. We'll, we'll read this soon, um, that he called his father the king of the demons. He didn't say dad. Called, what is it? Asuryavarya? I forget the name of the actual word. But yeah, very interesting. So let's continue. Um, so Prabhupada gave the example of a silkworm that tra- traps itself. Foolish persons are generally engaged by their fruit of actions, karma, because of a strong desire to enjoy this material world. Such attracted persons become involved in society, community, and nation, and waste their time not having profited from having obtained human forms. Especially in this age, Kali Yuga, great leaders, politicians, philosophers, and scientists are all engaged in foolish activities thinking this is mine and this is yours. The scientists invent nuclear weapons and collaborate with the big leaders to protect the interests of their own nation or society. In this verse, however, it is clearly stated that despite their so-called advanced knowledge, they actually had the mentality as cats and dogs. So another word for demons is cats and dogs. So I was thinking, I just randomly, I took this purport and opened up um, a news portal website. And um, yeah, you know, but Prabhupada is saying here, so, you know, the Palestinians are fighting the Jews, Uh, the Israelis, rather. Um, you know, there's a ceasefire right now. Um, but so much about, you know, scientists collaborating with the big leaders to protect the interests of their nation. So the idea that this is my nation and that's not my nation, that whole, that is also part of a material conception of life. Instead of thinking this is all God's property, this is all, you know, Christians, the father of all, of all Palestinians, all Israelis, all um, Pakistanis, all Indians, all Bangladeshis, all New Zealanders, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that that was one example that was in the headlines. And then there was a politician comparing wearing a mask to what happened in the Holocaust. That was one of the headlines. And um, people criticizing that politician like anything for, for that activity. So again, not a very uh, brilliant statement. And then there was two articles about illicit activities of Congressmen. So again, not very pious. Uh, just so reinforcing what was in this purport. Um, one trillion dollars in crypto money lost in one week. That was another headline. So money is the honey and and, and the comings and goings of money and then there's a article there was a, uh, several articles on the uh, on mental health issues so reinforcing this purport that kali yuga uh leaders politicians philosophers scientists people are engaged in foolish activities and Prabhupada says therefore Pallad maharaj advises everyone to follow the principles of Varnasha dharma which we will be studying in great detail like three or four chapters covering it soon. Specifically, at a certain point, one must give up family life and take the renounced order of life to cultivate spiritual knowledge and thus become liberated. So the idea that whether one takes sannyas or not, that's, you know, that may be a rarity, but, um, the idea of not trying to be in the householder, grihasta or grihamedi consciousness up till the end of one's life is, is, something very important to make uh is my sc- my screen is okay again okay thank you for letting me know david okay um any comments questions on this point so he's still setting them all up for when he starts talking about krishna all right but he'd say um you know if you wanted to write a condemnation of material life, you could draw a lot from Pallad Maharaj's <laughs> statements in this chapter. <laughs> and it's so interesting, he's talking to like six-year-olds. You know. They're obviously, you know, smart kids. They're learning all about, you know, um uh, Niti, you know, uh, Raj Niti or the um diplomacy, things like that. Okay, so now 17 and 18. My dear friends, O oh sons of demons, it is certain. There you go again, sons of demons. It is certain that no one bereft of knowledge of the supreme personality of God has been able to liberate himself from the material bondage at any time or in any country. So now he's bringing God or Krishna into it. He says, without knowledge about God, without knowledge of Krishna, no one's ever really been able to get freed from these struggles. Rather, those bereft—excuse me—of knowledge of the Lord are bound by the material laws. They are factually addicted to sense gratification, and their target is women. Indeed, they are actually playthings in the hands of attractive women. Victimized by such a conception of life, they are—they become surrounded by. So this is interesting, right? So here, showing the pious—you know—people who are pious, they become—you know—surrounded by children, grandchildren. Great grandchildren and thus shackled by material life. People who are less pious, they're still attracted to the opposite sex and all that, but not, you know, but just that and not so much the, you know, the children, grandchildren, great grandchildren. Those who are very much addicted to this conception of life are called demons. (laughs) Therefore, although you are sons of demons, Keep aloof from such persons. Don't associate with your parents so much. And take shelter of the supreme personality of God in Narayan, the origin of all the demigods, because the ultimate goal for the devotees of Narayan is liberation from the bondage of material existence. My dear sons of demons, again, the supreme personality of God in Narayan is the original super soul, the father of all living entities. Consequently, there is no impediments to pleasing him or worshiping him under any conditions whether one be a child or an old man, the relationship between the living entity and the supreme personality of God, is always a fact. And therefore, there is no difficulty in pleasing the Lord. Um, one may ask, probably writes in the purport, one is certainly very attached to family life. But if one gives up family life to be attached to the service of the Lord, one must undergo the same endeavor or troubles okay so there's trouble everywhere therefore who is the what is the benefit of taking the trouble to engage in the service of the lord proper writes this is not a valid objection, objection and then he quotes this verse that says it should be understood that all species of life are son of Kuti are made possible by birth and material nature and that i am the seed giving father so this is a very encouraging um purport. So please listen carefully. The Supreme Lord Narayan is the seed giving father of all living entities. Because the living entities are parts and parcel of the Lord, that we belong to Krishna. As there is no difficulty in establishing the intimate relationship between the Father and Son, there is no difficulty in re-establishing the natural, intimate relationship between Narayan or Krishna and the living entities. Okay, so it's 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 natural to love God. It's not some far out thing that's just impossible. It's natural. And then Prabhupada makes it even easier. Swap dharmasya trayate If one performs even very slight devotional service, Narayan is always ready to save one from the greatest danger. The definite example is Ajamila. Ajamila separated himself from the Supreme Personality of Godhead by performing many sinful activities and was condemned by Yamaraj to be severely punished. But because at the time of death he chanted the names of Narayana, although he was calling not for the Supreme Lord Narayana, but for his son named Narayana, he was saved from the hands of Yamaraj. Therefore, Pleasing Narayana does not require as much endeavor as pleasing one's family, community, and nation. Isn't that an interesting st- sentence? It's easier to please Krishna than one's family, community, and nation. We have seen important political leaders killed for a slight discrepancy in their behavior. Therefore, pleasing one's society, family, community, and nation is extremely difficult. And, you know, you could imagine he's probably, he may be referring to Gandhi here. Um, Pleasing Narayana, however, is not at all difficult. It is very easy. And then how is it easy? Then Prabhupada explains the next purport. One's duty is to revive one's relationship with Narayana. A slight endeavor in this direction will make the attempt successful, whereas one will never be successful in pleasing his so-called family, society, or nation, even if one endeavors to sacrifice his life. The simple endeavor... Involved in the devotional service of hearing, chanting, remembering Krishna, um, can make one successful in pleasing the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has therefore bestowed his blessings by saying, Param Vijayate Sri Krishna Sankirtanam. All glories to the Sri Krishna Sankirtan. If one wants to derive the actual benefit from this human form, he must take to the chanting of the holy names of the Lord. So such a nice, encouraging purport isn't it that even a little endeavor can be successful now the the conclusion should be well if a little endeavor helps what if i made a big endeavor (laughs) right because like you know the 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 cheating propensity of the mind is well okay a little endeavor is good enough fine don't need to do anything else right but a more intelligent uh Prescription would be wow, if a little endeavor is so good, what if what if I made a much bigger endeavor? <laughs> okay, but a very encouraging words here from Srila But Some questions or comments. Nothing, Andy? <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, you, you you went off the mute for a second. Hare Krishna. Yes, Ananda Rupa Mataji.
4: So Prabhuji, I find this uh, very interesting. uh, Pleasing one's society, family, community, nation is extremely difficult, but pleasing Krishna is not at all difficult. Um, But at the same time, you know, the determination to keep that enthusiasm and steadiness following regulative principles, the life of sadhana, overcoming, you know, all kind of what we call impediments time to time we are tested uh-huh. so it seems like you know it's a life of challenges too yeah but here we are learning and then so i'm like just reflecting on that and trying to um evaluate due to our propensity you know we are always identifying with the body even after having this knowledge you know it's it takes a whole lifetime to come to that understanding, to re- revive that relationship, but like what it says here, you know, as long as we are in association of devotees and we are chanting, we we have high chances we are able to apply some of this philosophy there. But as soon as we are away from this remembrance, we are way deep into all those, you know, relationships, trying to find ways and means even while we are trying to spiritualize, you know, our relationships and all activities, still it feels it's not easy at times, you know, it's not, yeah. even talk about chanting the holy names, you know, to eventually someday have that taste. It doesn't seem like it's not there. We have all the knowledge. We have all the teachings. but
0: Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Very uh, astute observation that, uh, yeah, you have to work hard for anything in this world. So, Why should, uh, spiritual life mean no endeavor? You know, it's just, uh, strawberry ice cream all the time or something like that, right? It's, it, 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 it it requires some endeavor, but Prabhupada is making a very interesting point where he's saying it's less an endeavor than the endeavor to, uh, to try to amass wealth and various things in this world. So. Interesting juxtaposition of the different uh, the different endeavors, and the other thing is that when you're doing the endeavor in bhakti, the endeavor itself is bhakti, so the means and the ends are the same, whereas it's very different like let's say you know um, you know I work for the federal government um, and the ends is getting you know that uh, that paycheck where these days it's not a check it's electronically transferred into a bank account, but, uh, you know, that's the ends and the means is totally different. You know, it's doing whatever work, you know, in my case, conflict resolution. Um, But the in Bhakti, you know, chant, chanting or hearing the Srimad Bhagavatam is both the means and the ends. You know, the, just like we'll, we'll be, if we're chanting here in this world, when we go back to the spiritual world, we'll also be glorifying Krishna. So, the means and the ends are the same in that sense. They're both bhakti. Yeah, the sadhana and the sadhya in Sanskrit are the same. And the sadhana is blissful. Even as, uh, as, uh, Andy was saying that the, you know, when you, when you give up things for Krishna's pleasure, you feel some pleasure in that. Yeah. So thank you for that, Anandarupa Mantaji. Anything else? Can't hear you, Andy. Your, your lips are moving, but you're,
3: Oh, oh yeah, sorry. I'm bothered by some of the combinations of words here. Okay. It's hard to say an endeavor. I think an endeavor would be easy. I think maybe it's better to say uh, to a master like Prabhupada, it's simple, right? Once you see clearly, you just say, it's so simple, right? But you have <laughs> to be able to see that. Otherwise, you can't believe that it's simple. But it actually, it is. Like he's saying, surrender in one instant, and you're done, right? Right. <laughs> That's simple, but it's not easy, right? So I That's nice. Endeavor. I like that. I like that.
0: I like that simple, but not easy. Please continue.
3: Yeah. Well, if they use the word endeavor, that's never going to be easy. You don't think of endeavor as an easy thing, right? Like mm-hmm. sharpening a pencil is easy, right? And endeavor is like more complex. So I think it's not going to be easy, but I do, I do accept 100% that trying to please society and all the rules and all the relationships is always hard right Right. so compared to that i guess it's easier Easier. that's the point yeah easier Easier, yes
0: er, er. not easy and and easy is a um hard word to define right it's not a very precise word it's relative right like you say it's you already said it's relative because you said for Prabhupada it's easy right but for uh, us it may be and, and and even on this call it may be easier or more difficult for for different people um the, what was the other word? In, uh, easy and simple? No, easy. Yeah. And, yeah. Yes, yeah. So it is simple, just like we studied in the Gita years ago. Um, patram, pushfam, phalam, toyam, yome bhakti, If, if one offers just a leaf, uh, it's in the singular, a flower, some fruit, some water to Krishna with bhakti, Krishna says, I accept it. So. It's simple. It's, it, the endeavor is easy in the sense that all we have to do is offer our love to Krishna. But like you said, that's not so easy in one sense. It's, uh, because our heart is filled with other things as well as that. But I was thinking about that today. Um, uh, Henry and I often, we, we go for a walk, um, on the Billy Goat Trail in, um, in, uh, uh, uh Carderock. And there's some, um, there's less now, but there's some flowering, there's some flowers along the walk. So sometimes I'll, uh, one time I took some scissors in a bag and just collected some for, and offered to our Govardhana Sheila here. And I was just thinking that it's so simple. And that's Bhakti. Krishna says that's Bhakti. If one offers me a leaf, a flower, a fruit, or water, I just found some wild flowers and offered them to Krishna. And, you know, so it is simple, but... Uh, doing it with love is not easy. Yeah. Agreed. Good, good point. Okay. So let's continue. We are going up to 25, I believe. Yeah. So this is, um, four verses, 20 to 23. The supreme personality of Godhead, the supreme controller, who is infallible and indefatigable, is present in different forms of life from the inert living being, Stavara, such as the plants to Brahma, the foremost created living being. He is also present in the variety of material creations in the material and in the material elements, the total material energy and the modes of material nature, Sattva Guna, Raja Guna and Tamaguna, as well as the unmanifested material nature and the false ego. Although he is one, he is present everywhere. And he is also the transcendental super soul, the cause of all causes. So he's really getting into philosophy now with these six year old kids who is present in the as the observer in the core of the hearts of all living entities. He is indicated as that which is pervaded and as the all-pervading super-soul, but actually he cannot be indicated. He is changeless and indivisible. Ind- he is simply perceived as the supreme Satchit ananda eternity, knowledge, and bliss. Being covered by the curtain of the external energy, to the atheist he appears non-existent. And then the next verse, 24, therefore, my dear young friends born of demons, (laughs) please act. So he's saying, okay, now this is what you should do in such a way that the Supreme Lord, who is beyond the conception of material knowledge, will be satisfied. Give up your demoniac nature and act without enmity or duality. Show mercy to all living entities by enlightening them in devotional service, thus becoming their well-wisher. Nothing is unobtainable for devotees who have satisfied the supreme personality of God. That's quite a half of a sentence. One, Nothing is unattainable for devotees who have satisfied the supreme personality of God, who is the cause of all causes, the original source of everything. The Lord is a reservoir of unlimited spiritual qualities. For devotees, therefore, who are transcendental to the modes of material nature, what is the use of following the principles of religion, economic development, sense gratification, and liberation, which are all automatically obtainable under the influence of the modes of nature? We devotees always glorify the lotus feet of the Lord, and therefore we need not ask for anything in terms of karma, kama, artha, and moksha. Hmm. So in the purport, second paragraph Prabhupada writes, Maharaj said, if one is engaged in the transcendental service of the lotus feet, Lord, he does not need anything in terms of dharma, artha, kama, or moksha. In Srimad Bhagavatam, therefore, it is, in the beginning of the transcendental literature, it is said, dharma, artha, kama, and moksha are quite of a false and unnecessary. Nirmaksharnam, persons who are completely transcendental to the material activities, of separatedness, seeing things not related to Krishna, who make no distinction between mine and yours, but who are simply engaged in the devotional service of the Lord are actually fit to become Bhagavad Dharma. Because they are nirmatsara, not jealous of anyone, they want to make others devotees, even their enemies. So, there's so much to be said here. So Dharma, Artha, Kama, Moksha, we'll study a lot about this in subsequent chapters. But these are the, the standard, you could say, Vedic social ways of progressing. That one performs some religious activities, Dharma. One therefore gets some sense grat- uh Dharma, Artha, therefore, uh, gets some wealth. With The wealth commits uh, gets uh, sense gratification. And after a lifetime of sense gratification, says, well, actually, that wasn't the goal of life. And seeks liberation. <laughs> um, not necessarily love of God, but these liberation. So for a devotee, um, so these are Vedic things. So someone would say they're in the Vedas. How can you not accept these? But there's different levels of things in the Vedas. And so here they're called even Kaitava Dharma. Prabhupada calls it or cheating religion in the sense that they're not the essence. If one does these perfectly, but doesn't develop their love of God, then shrama eva hi kevalam, it's a waste of time. Mm-hmm. So for a devotee, they, they give much less um, importance to these things. And we'll be talking a lot about this in terms of varna Shama in the subsequent chapters. Uh, and, and just the idea of, you know, what, what is the relationship between a good social system in the world and a spiritual system. And so here in this purport, clearly Prabhupada and Prahlad Maharaj are emphasizing the spiritual system. Right. Um, to, and that one, one becomes near Matsara. One, um, not envious of others. They don't say, Oh, what, you know, you know I just bought my new Toyota, but he has a uh, Lexus. Now I'm so unhappy. You know, they're not comparing each other and trying to, you know, one up somebody else they don't have any that envy that 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 desire to compare but and therefore they are very good at giving just wanting to give krishna consciousness to other people um they're not thinking in terms of uh i and mine. mind you know george harrison had that song all through the days i me mean mine i me mean mine i me mean mine you know um so that, and that, and that is again goes back to the beginning of the class when we talked about the advantages of being a brahmachari. It's a lot easier to, uh, to not think like that when one, when one doesn't, when one is living a simple life. Although Prabhupada does write that sannyasis can even be proud of their few possessions. <laughs> so we have to be careful of illusion in, in all the different ways. Um, but a really, really nice point here about, so, so devotees are, they, re, they reject kind of two things. Okay. So they obviously reject, you know, eat, sleep and be merry lifetime and, you know, you know, live in, uh, yeah, just, just, you know, it's Friday night, let's, uh, party and Saturday night fever and whatever. No, and then I got to go to work on Monday morning, etc. Um, so they reject, so devotees reject that, but they also even reject the Vedic social system of just material piety. Now, they may use it in Krishna's service. We'll talk about that a lot more in subsequent verses. But it's not the goal. So they reject social things twice. (laughs) (laughs) I I just muted you, Guru Prabhu, because there was some noise. Um, They reject social systems in one sense twice and try to focus primarily on the spiritual system. and, and, And socially, they accept the Vaishnava social system, one of uh, service to devotees and giving kindness to all living beings. And hence, uh, they avoid certain kinds of rennet in their cheese <laughs> amongst, amongst many other things. So some uh, questions or comments on this. Prabhupada finishes that saying, karmis desire material happiness. And Ganis desire liberation, but a devotee does not desire anything. He is simply satisfied by rendering transcendental loving service at the lotus feet of the Lord and glorifying him everywhere by preaching, which is his life and soul. Okay. Any questions or comments? Okay. Well, then we will finish this chapter. We'll just read the last few verses. It's quite a chapter. So, uh, religion, which is uh, dharma, economic development, artha, sense gratification, kama. These are described in the Vedas as three varga or three ways to liberation, uh, salvation. Within these three categories are education and self-realization, ritualistic ceremonies performed according to Vedic conjunctions, logic, the science of law and order, and the various means of earning one's livelihood. These are the external subject matters of study in the Vedas, and therefore I consider them material. However, I am—I consider surrender at the lotus feet of this Lord Vishnu to be transcendental. So, he's also explained to this because they've studied. The children that he's speaking to have studied these Dharma, Artha, and Kama, in uh, from Sunda and Amarka, the uh, uh, Hinayana Kashyapu's hand-picked Gurukul teachers. Narayan, the supreme personality of Gada, the well-wisher and friend of all living entities, formally explained this transcendental knowledge to the great saint Narada. Such knowledge is extremely difficult to understand without the mercy of a saintly person like Narada, but everyone who has taken shelter of Narada's to succession can understand this confidential knowledge. Now, the question has come up right from the beginning. Mahar, uh Hiranyakashipu was wondering... Sanda and Amarka were wondering, and the boys were probably also wondering, how did he get this knowledge? Why is he speaking like a sadhu? He hasn't had any association with any sadhu. He's went to this Gurukul, Sanda and Amarka are the teachers. His father is Hiratnikashipu. How did he learn this? So finally, Pallad Maharaj is going to directly tell him how he learned this in verse 28. Pallad Maharaj continued, I received this knowledge from the great Saint Narada Muni, who is always engaged in devotional service. This knowledge, which is called Bhagavad Dharma, is fully scientific. It is based on logic and philosophy, and it is free from all material contamination. And the sons of the demons replied, my dear Pallad, neither you nor nor we know any teacher or spiritual master other than Sunda and Amarka, the sons of Sukracharya." After all, we are children, and they are our controllers. For you especially, who always remained within the palace, it is very difficult to associate with a great personality. Dear friend, most gentle one, would you kindly explain how it was possible for you to hear Narda? Kindly dispel our doubts in this regards. And then the next chapter is... What Pallad Learned in the Womb. Very good. So that was, uh, yeah. Sometimes there's some devotees who, uh, when the, when the, some women, when they are pregnant, they will read the Bhagavatam out loud, knowing that the child is listening. Any last questions or comments?
2: I'm going to bring up an obvious question that I'm sure you've probably covered. Um,
0: go ahead, Prabhu.
2: The um, context uh, of a uh, five-year-old God talking to his five-year-old schoolmates, um, this uh, Bhagavad Dharma, it um, doesn't seem like anyone in the quote-unquote real world at five. What's a speaker for a lot who receive the knowledge in the womb but these uh, personalities at five years old how would they how would they be able to receive uh, this uh, incredibly wonderful gift uh, and uh, conversely uh, the, the even the teachings of Marka are incredibly complex for I'm sure you've covered this, but uh, no, please. we didn't.
0: We didn't cover it, but uh, a few things. Um, um, one is the power of association, because we could you could ask the same question: How could, in the '60s, hippies who were like tripping on LSD and into free love, how could they have taken up Krishna consciousness? Now, you could say they had more, um, uh, they were older than the five-year-old boys, but still it's pretty remarkable. And it was because of Prabhupada's, uh, you know, um, purity and being a pure devotee. So, Pallad Maharaj had that, has that kind of Shakti, like she, the Prabhupada has. Um, also, this is a different yuga. And in different yugas, five-year-olds may be different than the, uh, Five year olds that we, uh, are familiar with, you know, right now. Uh, but there was a time when they said, Plaut, you know, Plaut, why are you talking about this stuff? We, we're five years old. We just want to play. <laughs> right. Um, so those would be two, two thoughts that I have that's, and Christian can arrange things, you know, for such a great soul as Plaut, he can give the, uh, his classmates the ability that they normally might not have to hear from his, uh, his amazing instructions. Okay. <laughs> Those are very um,
2: nice answers. Does anyone else on this call have any other thoughts about... Do you? <laughs> um, no. The Bhagavatam is Thomas uh, is suitably and in, in, in and Entirely acceptable to a devotee but in, in incredible um, in certain places and uh, it's wonderful that way serious and wonderful
0: even, uh, even our even our experience with five year olds in this world uh, like when in, in the gurukul in Vrindavan, they okay so they don't fully realize um, the import of different things, but they could uh, memorize verses like anything. Uh, as an example, they might not have you know the kind of realization that an, an adult has by dint of their experience in this world. But they, um, you know, these were obviously quite exalted children, even though they were born of you know us, <laughs> born of demons, as we that that we did speak about a lot. Uh, okay, so we did something that is very rare. We actually covered all the verses. And finish the chapter. <laughs> so now what we're going to learn next week is something quite amazing, and that is what uh Pralad learnt in the womb. Now I have to check my schedule. Um next week is Memorial Day. Um well Memorial Day weekend, meaning, you know. Um there may be, oh no, that's on Saturday. I think, I think we will have class, but if there's a slight chance that we won't, and I will uh, send that by email out to everyone. Okay. I think we should be able to, but it is, it is a busy weekend. There's, um, one amazing summer begins next week, which is this wonderful program for children uh, uh, and families at the temple. Um, and, and I'm supposed to do a question and answer booth for part of that time, because you know this is kind of the beginning of summer, right? Uh, the, the pools open up and 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 all that sort of stuff. Um, and so y'all be in touch, but but we will be studying what Pralad learned in the womb. So we will end one minute early. Can I ask a quick question before we end? Yes, Jay. We won't end one uh, minute early. Go ahead.
4: Uh, any any thoughts from you on how we can prepare for Neshingadev's uh, Chattur coming on Tuesday? Wow. I was hoping we'd reach that part, um, you know, in the Sangha and it would kind of like blend in together. But yeah. do you have any thoughts on how we can prepare? Well, I
0: saw recently um, posted in uh, Panka Jangri Prabhu, who passed away recently, uh, there's a, a video or maybe it's just a recording of him telling Lord Chaitanya's, um, pastime, uh, Lord Chaitanya's, the pastimes of Lord Nisringadev. And I was told it is quite wonderful because he was Lord Nisringadev's pujari for decades. Um, and then, um, there is in, uh, Iskand Desire Tree, I believe there's a lecture of Srila Prabhupada. Um, talking on Lord Nishimhadev. And if you have your favorite speaker, you usually can find, you know, whoever it is, so-and-so Swami speaking on Lord Nishingadev, you know, Indra Dhumda Maharaj. I know there's some classes on the internet of him and uh things like that. And also, um Prabhupada taught us that 518.8, that verse in the Bhagavatam, 518.8, I believe that's it. Yes. Prabhupada said we can say that prayer to become freed from material desires. Um, the, the last sentence of the purport says any devotee aspiring to be free of material desires should offer his respectful prayers to Nishingadev as Prahlad Maharaj did in this verse. And then 518.9, the next verse is beautiful. It talks about, um, it's a beautiful prayer to Lord Nishingadev. So there's a few a few thoughts is to hear about Lord Nishangade from people that we'd love to hear from and 5188 and 5189 are um very beautiful prayers. Is that all right Jay? Perfect. Thank you so much. All right. Really excited. Okay. Thank you Hari Krishna everyone. Hare Krishna.